the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends. Welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, I'm Brian Fromm. Great to have you with us today. Aubrey, you, you're a traveler. You I'm tra- a traveler. That's true. I don't feel like I fly very much. Yeah. Like, even in uh, around Christmas, we're probably going to go to Florida as a family. That's fun. It's kind of understood that if we, uh, barring a Christmas gift, barring miles. You're going to drive. Load up the car, friends. Gotcha. Here we go. Gotcha. You know, it's that yeah. kind of deal. And yeah. it's kind of fun that way. Uh, but flying. Yes. It feels like lately, almost weekly, we see a viral video of an <laughs> argument, of a fight, of a weird occurrence on totally, an airplane. Totally true. Well, another woman flipped out on an airplane. Oh, no. Okay. Why another woman? Is it like... I I'm just reading the I headline. I feel like it's always women. Okay. Uh little sensitive here probably no. is normally women no there's no way <laughs> the men end up just fighting in these things but right. the yelling here we better. go uh but the person asked this but in this case does she actually have a point so there's a viral video going around i don't know the people's names but what you see aubrey it's in that point where everyone is waiting to get out of their seats Uh-oh. the plane has landed Uh-oh. i've told you it's not actually what you think because i've told you okay. one of my pet peeves is then the people who rush to the front yes, and go out crazy it's the not that. worst okay i thought you were gonna say it that. was that but it's in that moment where yes. you're kind of confined okay? Okay. okay so what you see here is a woman standing and she's clearly turned around yelling at the people right behind her okay and her husband looks He's next to her. He's trying to, like, be supportive. But yes. she's doing the yelling. Okay, gotcha, At gotcha. the people right behind. And <laughs> now, two rows back, someone has decided to videotape this. That's how oh, this happened. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. She that's said bad. this. This is what you can hear the women, the woman yelling. Yeah. The whole trip, she pushed my seat. I'm allowed to put my seat back. Yeah. I'm allowed to put my seat back. I'm allowed. She keeps saying, I'm allowed to put my seat (laughs) back. It's not funny. But apparently she was putting her seat back and the person behind her just kept pushing the seat. The whole flight. Are you kidding? They land. Are you kidding? She puts her seat up. And now she's raging on these people. Oh, no. So here's the question. Oh, no. You do have to look at the video because she's just going at it with the guy. So it's interesting because it seems like the guy's wife is the one who was pushing the woman, but she's she's going at it with with the the guy. guy. Whereas her husband or boyfriend or whatever looks terrified. Like, (laughs) oh, please stop. Let us off this plane. Oh, okay. I'm watching the video now. It's intense. Oh, oh, oh. But look at the guy. He's just kind of like, can we get off this plane? Can we get off this plane? (laughs) Yeah. He's like looking the other direction. Yep. Yep. Here's the question. You fly a lot. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong for someone to recline their seat on an airplane without... Asking permission first. No, it's not wrong. It is perfect. Let's talk this through because that's the, this looks like it's going to be a possible fight. Yeah, this definitely looks like a fight. No, it is, it's a regulation in the, in the plane, even in the written material, you can, when they tell you, 
lower your seat back. Like that's just one of the benefits of flying on certain airlines is they have that option. Now, I don't personally like it when someone pushes their seat back because then it makes you more cramped. Do you push your seat back? I do sometimes and I don't sometimes. Like okay. it, so I sometimes I used to kind of feel guilty about it. And then I was like, no, this is just part of what it means to have a plane ticket and travel. They can push their seat back. Like I'm tired. I need to lean back. I'm going to. Um, but so, no, I, I don't think it's rude to push back. I don't think you have to ask permission to push back. I think this is an under like we understand this about flying you know get first class if you need more room like it it's small and it's i'm not saying it's comfortable and wonderful but it is an option on plane that people understand so the person should not have been kicking her the whole time Mm -hmm. i think that's absolutely wrong now i don't love yelling on airplanes but you can't just kick a person because you're annoyed that they put their seat back that's that's a that's an option on a plane i agree with you but there's some weird things in this that it this i think the the blame for this Actually falls on the designers of the airplanes. Okay, let's because they are it. cramming people in there. Yeah, that's these true. seats should not be able to go back. They do cram people because in they there. go back. She's fine to recline. Yeah. But we have all been on those planes where somebody reclines, and you're like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Here's what I don't understand about airplanes. Okay, let's let's unpack this a little bit because you can recline the seat. Without any knowledge of if I have that little tray out with, like, drinks on it or something. I don't understand that. Like, don't put trays on seats that can recline. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, every once in a while that does happen where my tray will be down and someone will, and I just have to go, whoa, and, like, grab my stuff real quick. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I think put your seat back if you need it. Go slowly. Don't do it super fast. Do you think, all right, let's get away from... Is it okay? Because we, I think we can all acknowledge the plane says it's okay. Yeah. The airline says right. it's okay. Right. So let's get past, is it okay? Okay. And ask, do you think people should ask permission? Hey, I'm going to recline my seat. Or are you good if I recline my seat? Or is it like, hey, the person in front of me can recline their seat. I can recline my seat too. I guess like a, a kindly... Um, uh, gentle man gentle woman type thing to do would at would be to ask but i don't have ever no one has ever asked me in all of my years of flying and i have never asked anyone Mm -hmm. i think you can be mindful of like is this obviously going to cram the person because they're taller their legs are longer and then you could make a choice like that but no i definitely don't i because then what's a person going to do no Please don't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think just take up the space you need to on the... It really doesn't go that far back. It's designed to do it. Otherwise, just don't... I don't. Otherwise, like you said, this is up to the designers to just, like, take away the recline yeah. option, ultimately. Right. Two more quick uh, airplane thoughts. Okay. One, I never knew this. Did you... Were you aware that common practice... So three seats in a row. You have yes. your window, your middle, and your aisle. Yep. And the window seat's got not just the window, but has an armrest there. Yep. And then there's an armrest. There's four armrests. Yes. Right? Uh, no, there's, I think there's three because the window. Does Windows kind of has, has one. Has one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's four armrests, mm-hmm. right? 
Did you know it's kind of like common courtesy, kind of common knowledge that the middle seat person gets the middle two? No, I didn't know that. Yes, because the theory, I've heard this from multiple people, the theory being they've got the worst yeah, seat Yeah, they do setup, have the worst seat, yeah. So they get yeah. both of those middle ones. Yeah. Unless they don't want them, and then you could put charm on them. But Interesting. Kind of, because like, you've ever thought, like, okay, is this the window seat person's or the middle? So, is this the middle yeah. or the aisle? So I always get an aisle seat, mm-hmm. and I always use the one. One, the rest on the aisle, yep. but I ne- I'm very intentional not to do the middle one just because I don't want to be in someone's space. But I didn't really realize that was kind of common, it's common, practice. common practice. That makes sense because the middle seat's the rule. worst. The worst. It's yeah. an unwritten rule. Last uh, plain etiquette for you. This is fun. Yes. Is there any circumstance where it's okay for somebody to remove their shoes? Oh no, no way. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would say. I mean, people do it all the time. All the time. I think if you remove your shoes, you just need to have two things. One, a bag that closes to put your shoes in in case they smell, and a clean pair of socks to put over whatever socks you have in case they smell. So, okay. like, if you're going to do it, Bring you got to do it with, yeah, you need slippers and some place to put your shoes. But no, absolutely not. I think that's akin to, like, making out on a plane with your seat partner. I think it's akin to, like, eating really smelly food. Like, there, I would just say absolutely not. Don't take your shoes off. Taking my shoes off is akin to making out with the person. Yeah, <laughs> on a plane. Think do on I a know plane this person is. on the plane? Or? I don't know. I don't know if you do or don't, Brian. That's that's none of my business. That's between you and Carrie. <laughs> do you follow Pastor Rich Velotis? I do. Brian, he's I great. Do. He is he's such, great. such an interesting pastor. Um, so he's quoting a theologian named Walter Brueggemann, pretty well-known theologian. And Brueggemann said this, The crisis with the U.S. church has almost nothing to do with being liberal or conservative. It has to do with giving up the faith and discipline of our baptism and settling for a common, generic U.S. identity that is part patriotism, part consumerism, Mm. part violence, and part affluence. Now, that's a lot lot to unpack there. But let's just start with this. The crisis with the U.S. church has almost nothing to do with being liberal or conservative. Let's let's start there. What do you think about just that in general? I, I would go even further back is he's making an assumption that we all think there's a crisis in the U.S. church. <laughs> there you go. Roll it all back. Um, yeah. And yesterday, Karen Swallow Pryor kind of touched mm-hmm, on that. She did. Uh if you think there's a crisis in the U.S. church, you got to define it. So what is it? And that's what he's trying to do in here. Yeah. Um, maybe the crisis is uh, disunity, division. Um, uh, reputation crisis even. Reputation. Yep. He's saying it's not politics, but you might think it's political. You might yeah. think it's too Americanized. It's got mm-hmm. too much, you know, it's it's more American than it is biblical. Whatever else it might be. But I think it's interesting that he's... He's almost assuming a crisis with the U.S. Church. The church. Yeah. Uh, and then he's saying, uh, or Walter Brueggemann, I guess, is is doing that. Uh, and he says it has nothing to do with being liberal or conservative. Uh, I, I, I guess. I A lot of times I think it does have a lot to do, not just politically, but theologically, how yeah. you view different things. Yeah. But maybe he's pushing back against the titles. Liberal, conservative. Or maybe it's, or, or the interesting thing is to say it almost has nothing to do with that. I, I don't think that's actually probably true. I think I would say it is part that, 
and part these other things, giving up the faith and discipline of our baptism and settling for a common generic U.S. identity. This piece for sure, part patriotism, part consumerism, part violence, part affluence. This is the idea where like we just I think I think it's a little bit Christian nationalism, right? Like we're mixing up our faith and our U.S. identity. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I think what he's saying is we need to actually go back to like our baptismal identity and root ourselves there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The the idea of being rooted in, in, the, in the foundations of the faith, right? What's our baptism identity? It's that I'm a follower of Jesus and uh, I've been baptized as a response to that, into that good news is, you know... It, Again, the discipline of our baptism and settling for a common mm. generic U.S. identity that's part of patriotism. Consume, like we've talked about the crisis of the church being consumerism, yeah, and individualism, yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's a problem. Consumerism, individualism. That's why people aren't coming to church every week. Mm. That's why they leave churches when they're not going well. That's so true. Uh, it, it is this kind of Western ideal that says, hey, uh, what's in it for me? Yeah. Or it's just me and Jesus. Right. Or it's all about, right. it's just about me. So, uh, you know, he adds on top of it patriotism and affluence and violence. Like this, there's a lot here. There's a lot to <laughs> there's unpack There's a lot here. to unpack. Okay, here, I, well, I wanted to read a comment because I thought this was kind of interesting. This person uh, responds to Rich on Instagram saying, I don't believe consumerism, violence, and affluence are inherently American, but I do believe patriotism is part of it, and true, quote, Americanism is rooted in the gospel and in liberty. Do you agree? This person says, I think the modern-day characterization of America is far from the vision and beliefs of those who brought this country into being. I, I struggle with people who just long for and place upon the founders what they wanted, the I ideal. Because usually you're just going, this is what I want it to be. I know. And, and so I struggle with that. You know, patriotism is a it's a double-edged sword, right? I, I'm very patriotic. Right, I love our country. Right, same. But when... When we mix, we've talked to Christian nationalism a lot, right? When you when you mix your faith and your your patriotism, it can... If it's not done in a thoughtful way, it can pose some problems, right? Uh, consumerism and affluence, we, those are, those are uh, ideals of our culture. Right, definitely. Affluence is not an ideal of the gospel. It right. is a hindrance in the gospel. Right. So what do we do with that? Right. right? What do we do with that? Consumerism mm-hmm. is, a, is an ideal mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. It is a hurdle yep. in the Bible. Yep. So, so there, what do we do with we, that? As yeah. I, I think the crisis he's he's describing is: Will we be willing to be honest mm. about the things that many of us hold so dear yeah. that may not be held dear in the Bible? Yeah. And then, where does my allegiance lie? Where does my mm. obedience? This is not like don't be patriotic in the sense of I yes. don't like my country. No, be patriotic. Yeah. Love your country. But there are American ideals that may not be Christ uh, Jesus ideals. And when they're when they are at odds with each other, and many of them have to do with consumerism yep. and affluence yep. and Power. individualism yeah. and these kind of things, when those don't fit, then what do you do? And they're liberal and cons- maybe that's where they're getting at before. They're liberal and conservative, right? They're on both sides of that. Yeah, yeah that's so true. I it made me think of our conversation with Karen Swallow prior yesterday, talking about 
you know, she's writing about how Christians need to give evangelical Christians need to give up their platform and their power and their pay and all of this stuff. And then her kind of realizing like, oh, I need to do that, too. And she actually made a change because of that. And I think maybe this is it. Like, we have to decide, like you said, have we have we conflagrated the these ideals of our country assumed sort of baptized them as Christian, but really they are opposed to the way of Jesus. And at the end of the day for followers of Jesus in the church, the crisis is that we've done that and we have to begin repenting and somehow going back to the way of Jesus. But, Oh, it sure is hard when you live in our country and the consumerism's right there and the holidays are coming, Brian, and I'm already on amazon.com. From early on, we are, baptized into consumerism and affluence and individualism and tolerance and all of these other things that sometimes aren't ideals held Mm, up in scripture. scripture. And I I don't know. I think his point is a lot of times because it's your natural, it's what you're in on a day-to-day basis. The hard thing is that we're probably more tend towards the things of the, our culture yeah. versus the cu- countercultural calls of Jesus. And mm. I think it's a good wake up call to go, okay, I, I got to ask, where am I not in line and being obedient? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good for all of us. Hey, Brian and I'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian from I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.